When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Avoid rising energy prices and get a smarter home energy solution with B-Solar. Visit B.Solar and GLG Greenlife Group. Leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis. Good evening, everybody. Welcome along to The First Serve. It is your home of tennis. Uh, Great always to be back on a Monday night. Brett Phillips in the chair. We turn the page into week two of Roland Garros. We're about to get to Courtney Walsh. Uh, Mark Woodford also uh, set to join us uh, from Roland Garros tonight. We're also going to head up to the heart of Australia. So from Paris to Alice Springs, we're going to cover some ground tonight on the first serve. But your calls are always welcome. one 736 736 or your text 04339811116. Thanks to Tennis Direct, Australia's uh, favourite online tennis store. Fast delivery, great prices, free delivery on orders over 150 you can shop to your heart's content tonight. Tennisdirect.com.au. Get that nice little 10% discount store-wide for all our SEN listeners. All the goodies, wherever you are around Australia, will be delivered to your front door. Just use that little promo code, first serve 10 So it's a packed B solar menu tonight. Courtney Walsh, Mark Woodford, live from Roland Garros, where the sun is out on a big Monday for the continuation of the fourth round. And uh, I thought just on the back of... Obviously, in the AFL, we've had Sir Doug Nichols round, Indigenous round the last uh, two weeks. I thought we'd go to the heart of Australia tonight and check in on the tennis landscape at the Alice Springs Tennis Centre. I've done a lot of footy up at Traeger Park, the beautiful oasis in the desert. And right next door is a magnificent 10-court floodlit tennis facility. So, Grand O'Callaghan, who's had a, a fair journey in tennis, will join us a little bit uh, later on. But let's uh, get across to... Our first stop at Roland Garros uh, tonight, award-winning tennis journalist. He's been writing some great stuff for us over the past week at thefirstserve.com.au and wearing a number of hats over there in Paris. Uh, Courtney Walsh, great to have you once again off the top of the show, Walshy. Absolute pleasure to be with you, Brett, and uh, you touched on Grand O'Callaghan there. I've played a bit of tennis uh, with him during my career. Indeed. Uh, I actually ran that past him and... He said, well, she, uh, he's a star. Uh, he's an absolute star. He's got every shot in the book. And uh, I saw it for myself in uh, paddle tennis. Well, she, you absolutely blitzed all of us a couple of weeks ago. So nice little early pump up for you. Hey, the sun's out. Camilla Georgie's out here as well. Uh, I see they've sorted out the uh, the little sponsor logo. There's nothing. <laughs> she's gone from having a huge sponsor logo to nothing, but she's dropped the first set to Kasekina. Uh, I think uh, Kudamatova and Keys are about to get underway. Gee, we've got a big day, haven't we? The one I'm looking forward to is Sitsipas and Rune. We've got Rude and Hercatch. Igor Fiontek looking to make it 32 wins in a row. Uh, Jessica Bagula, who is putting herself in the frame second week at Majors. Uh, Medvedev Cilic. Rublev and Sinner promises to be a beauty as well. So uh, a lot to look forward to. 
Yeah, look, it's a remarkable day. Uh, you know, both today, I mean, tomorrow is clearly the one that uh, will be spectacular play. But today, you know, there's lots of great action in, and we've already underway, as you said, with uh, Kazakina versus Georgie. Uh, the Russian has started particularly well. She was, she, in fact, she's moved through the draw really efficiently. We're seeing her back to the type of player she was a few years ago when she pushed into the top 10. Mm. She's played superbly all the way through. So that's a great start. Uh, some of the other matches today I'm really looking forward to. Uh, obviously, the, the world number one, Svantec versus uh, Zhang. Um, the young Chinese player, the teenager, is a rising sensation. And I've loved the way she's gone about uh, this tournament. To, to see her, how heavy she hit the ball against uh, Simona Harlep a couple of days ago was yeah. impressive. And then she didn't drop a game against Elise Cornet before Cornet uh, you know, ended up retiring midway through that set. So very impressive. It'll be fascinating to see how she goes against the world number one. She certainly hits the type of shot, I think, that uh, that can trouble the world number one. And then you've got, you know, the, the Daniil Medvedev, who we thought realistically doesn't necessarily like playing on clay, never really has. But he has had some success in Paris and other tournaments. And here he is through to a quarterfinal playing against Marin Cilic um, tonight. It's... Uh, yeah, you know he's a, he's certainly a chance to uh, to push deep in the tournament. Um, so lots of action on today, and then obviously tomorrow it's just a, yeah. it's going to be a dream schedule. It'll be fascinating to see which way they go, Brett. Whether they'll play Nadal, Djokovic at night, or whether they'll make Alcaraz play for the third time at night, or do they throw up the wild card and, and play a, a women's match at night? Mm. Uh, Coco Golf versus. Sloane Stevens. So I'm really intrigued to see how that pans out as well. Absolutely. We'll hear a little bit of uh, Novak and Rafa throughout the hour, particularly Novak uh, speaking about the uh, the scheduling. Uh, Alex, you're on fire on the text. You've sent me five texts in the space of 30 seconds. So uh, nice work by you. Uh, all Aussies are out, BP. Well, not totally. We've got uh, Matty Ebden and uh, Sam Stozer, quarterfinals of the mixed doubles. We've got a couple in the juniors. Taylor Preston, I'm really impressed with this 16-year-old who is going around again today. Uh, we've got, uh, of course, some action in the boys' singles uh, coming up as well. We'll give you the Aussie report card in just a moment uh, with Walshy. But what what do you think the FFT, Emily Marismo and co, we know here at the Australian Open, the scheduling meeting is always of great interest. Walshy, with all the international broadcasters, everyone wanting their slice of the pie and when matches are uh, scheduled, what do you think they're going to do with Djokovic and Nadal? Well, it's an interesting one because basically you've got the French TV, which uh, screens matches you know for free during the day versus the pay TV offering of uh, Amazon Prime. At night now, you know, Jeff Bezos and his company have thrown in a hell of a lot of money to, to be able to have those night matches, and, and that's a pay-per-view type scenario. So yep. effectively, the the audience on the on the free TV will be about 10 times to that of the one, but then you balance it out and you say, well, you know, I think we'd love more people to watch Djokovic Nadal, and, and, and it would be so well viewed, I think, uh, around... France, particularly on uh, on free TV, um, for Australians, it's probably not ideal to have it right in the middle of the night. I think if it's a, an eight forty five, there's some chance people get up about five o'clock in the yes. morning and, and watch, or six yep. o'clock in the morning and watch. Yep. Uh, so the night session might be a little better for Australians. I, I am intrigued because we know how much money and how much they've invested into the night sessions, but it's a difference to Australia where there's two matches in. You know, over here, just the one one session for the for the people buying the tickets into that match at night. So, and it's and an eight forty five pm start. It's it's quite late by the time they get onto the court. And mm. 
well, if those two go the distance, they're not getting out till one o'clock, half past one, two o'clock in the morning, which means you miss the, uh, yeah, the metros, etc., uh, to get home. So, yeah, a, a bit to a bit to weigh up. Uh, I, look, personally, I think a nighttime spectacular would be awesome, but I guess we see how it unfolds. The other intrigue to all this is what sort of match we're going to get, Walshy. So, Djokovic looks magnificent. Now, apart from Diego making a little run in the second set, he had him uh, covered yesterday. He hasn't dropped a set. He's won nine matches in a row, if you include Rome. He's been building and building and building a semi-Madrid final in Belgrade after having no tennis. He looks fresh. He's got the glint in his eye for mine. Then you've got Rafa, who, what, for the third time in history at the French, gets stretched to five. Quite extraordinary against Felix Auger-Aliassime, who I'm a massive fan of, who certainly had his... Uh, chances to uh, win that match. Nadal, you know, the greatest warrior the sport has seen, just pulls out all stops, even the pain that he's in. You listen to him in press, uh, Rafa, and he talks about the fact that, you know, he treats every match like his last. I mean, this body has been holding on. It's uh, taken an absolute battering, and the fact he's still playing and still going to the uh, the levels that he is going to, about to turn 36, is quite extraordinary. But do you sense there's some self-doubt, a little bit of self-doubt in the Nadal mind? I'm just curious to see what sort of match we're going to get here because generally across time, these matches have been unbelievable, apart from what an Australian Open final that came and went in an hour and a half on a hard court where obviously Djokovic has dominated Nadal in more recent times. But what do you think we're going to get? Look, I'm intrigued as well. Uh, the, you know, Last year, Novak... Uh, Beat him in four sets in that semi-final, but it was such an epic semi-final. Yep. Uh, you know, he has beat he's one of he's beaten him twice in Paris, so he's clearly capable of doing it. And the form with which he's playing, he's striking the ball remarkably. Uh, to see him rebound like he has, it was interesting to hear Goran Ivanisovic, uh, his coach, speaking earlier in the week when he said that ninety percent of the people players wouldn't have bounced back from what Novak went through that in Melbourne when he was detained, obviously all the way through that that period and the stress and the and the situation that unfolded afterwards. Um, my word, he's rebounded against Schwartzman uh, yes, yesterday. He was pressured early in the second set, but yeah. other than that, he was largely dominant. Mm. And we know Schwartzman's a quality conveyance on clay. Very, very, very good player. Admittedly, he hasn't beaten you know, Novak before, but but we know that he's tested the very best other than that. Um, Nadal, to go five sets like he did two days before, coming up against Novak. In one regard, I think that's a bit of a concern. And he was really tested yesterday. That was as well as I've seen uh, Felix Auger, Alessin play. Uh, I think he he balanced uh, his composure really well. Even when he was down two sets to one, he was able to sort of come back into the match. He played with greater, I think, flair, great pop, great serve. Um, He did exceptionally well there. So there's... You know, it, it, to, to be able to come through against Felix, I thought was really good. So then you then you look at how it goes and you think, well, Felix took it right up to Rafa by making massive serves and then following up, getting the ball early and thumping forehands, thumping backhands. Really, really impressive performance. Can Novak have the same one-two punch? You know, the serve is not as big as Felix, mm. so he won't get as many easy second shots. So I, I think it's a different type of match. So that... You know, as much as Rafa was tested yesterday, I do think it's a different match uh, when he comes up against uh, Novak, and I think he's able to get his teeth more into it. I don't know which way it'll go, 
but it's certainly going to be fascinating to watch. Yeah, it's uh, enthralling. 59th meeting. We never get sick of these two going head-to-head. Courtney Walsh is on the ground in Paris. Award-winning tennis journalist to kick us off on the first serve uh, tonight. We're a week down. We turn the page into the second week. Aaron's just come through on the uh, Tennis Direct text, uh, BP Georgie. When she serves at the top of the TV screen, she throws the ball toss so high, it departs the screen, hit or miss, uh, no in-between. Well, that sort of sums up Camilla Georgie, doesn't it, Walshie? I mean, there's no subtly. She plays with all-out firepower. Everything's helter-skelter, trying to belt the living suitcase uh, out of that ball. And, and poor Serge, the, the, the cameraman... Uh, her father, of course. Uh, the cameraman must love going to Surge because he can't look half the time. Yeah, no, absolutely right. And, and, and I guess two days ago, she comes up against Aruna Sabalenka, who we know plays with great power, but perhaps not a lot of subtlety. And she relished the pace that the Belarusian was giving her. Yep. You know, to see her just thump winner after winner after winner and the reel off, you know, a one in love victory in the last two sets. She dropped, did drop the first set, but just the, the, the manner with which she played, you thought, she is a world beater. Is this someone who, if she somehow managed to hold it together for seven matches in a row, could she be the one that might derail Sviantec, the world number one? But when she comes up against a Kenya player like uh, Kasaskina, someone who can change the pace, someone who alters the trajectory, you know, a lot of high spinning balls, a lot mm. of clever drop shots, yep. able to find acute angles she can throw her off rhythm. We, we saw Ash Barty do the same. She played her a couple of times where Georgia would come out and thump winners, but Ash would then alter the trajectory slightly, change the pace, throw her different balls, and, and it was enough to actually make her start missing. And when she starts missing, the errors can come just as rapidly as the winners when she's on fire. No doubt. She's in a bit of strife now. No, 6-2-3-1 down. Walshie, before I let you go, let's give an Aussie report card since we caught up seven days ago. So Jason Kubler... Uh, gets through to the second round on the male side. Duckworth, Demonor, Popperin, Thompson, Kokonakis, O'Connell out early. Uh, the run of Dasher through to the fourth round, uh, ranking now back uh, what just outside the top 100, but from where she was at the start of the year, she has genuinely made up some ground. And Isla Tomlanovic sort of has summed up the career of Isla. She beats the world number five, then loses to the world number uh, 71. Uh, every time she sort of takes a step forward genuinely, uh, she goes back a couple of steps and... That's why I suppose her ranking has hovered, you know, between 30 and 60 for a, a big part of her career. Yeah, look, n- no doubt about that. I mean, she, she played superbly in the first round against Contevit and, and showed some great composure late in the match. To see her bow out, unfortunately, uh, you know, she was in action again in doubles yesterday, but it, you would have hoped she'd be able to get through that push closer towards the top 20 you know, this is why she's ranked in the 30s to 40s. She, she, as you said, she, she's able to string together a really good win and then not quite follow up the next time around. Clearly working exceptionally hard to try and change that. And we know that different matchups pose different challenges. But yep. I suspect she's left disappointed in that regard. I thought Dasha was really good. Um, she was disappointed certainly after she lost to Trevisan in the third round. But you look at Trevisan's form last week, you look at the fact that she then followed up with a a really good win again yesterday over Sasnovich. And you think that's not a bad effort from Dasha uh, in her first, I think, proper Grand Slam since she's been fully fit because, you know, she enters with some conviction. She's able to prepare properly, knowing she's, knowing she's going to have a chance at playing. And I thought she was very good. And, and look, I think Sam Stozer, we, we had a chat to her last week, and, and she has no doubt that she can push back towards about the top 20, the top 30 where she was beforehand. I think we'll see her make a run to the second week at some stage in the next couple of years if she remains fit. 
Uh, let's hope that that's the case. Jason Kubler was a, a you know lovely story. Great to see him have a win. Uh, and I thought he played okay again in his second round match. Um, but again, similar type of story. If he can stay fit, there's no doubt he's a top 100 player. It's yep, just a matter no of doubt. staying fit. Mm. Um, he's just had such misfortunes. So, you know, he must have crossed a cat, a black cat in a laneway or walked under a ladder. You know, it's, it's such an unfortunate run with injury. I guess we look to a couple of the others. Look, Alex Jiminal, clearly that was a, a frustrating one for him and an opportunity that went begging. Yep. Uh, very difficult when you play someone from France and particularly someone like Gaston who is wildly talented but also similarly wildly inconsistent mm, can be mm. red hot and then ice cold and we saw all of that in that match. I thought Dimonor in the lead up to the French Open, I thought his form was actually quite strong on clay. So it gives me some encouragement that even though he had a loss you know, in that match tiebreaker in the fifth set that he may have taken a step forward. Clearly, he would have relished uh, had he got through that. I think he would have made it through to the third round at the very yep. least. So, yep. one that goes begging. Look, Alexi Popperin's probably the other one where you look and go, where is he at? And he was saying the same thing after his first round exit uh, to Fabio Fognini. He was very disappointed. He, he thinks the last six months have been difficult, but he thinks there's some positive signs. He obviously won a challenger last week in uh, in, in France before the the French Open began. Mm. He gets to the grass and the hard courts where I think, uh, you know, he has some weapons that can enable him to to push forward back into the top 100. But yep. we asked him whether or not, you know, he won the French Open boys singles five years ago. Where does he think he's at? Does, does he think his career's gone forward? Does, does he think it's panned out like he expected it would? Because we know that he's had, you know, reached third rounds of Grand Slams and, and shown generally some good form there, but struggled more on the ATP tour, struggled for the consistency and he and he he said he doesn't think he's as far progressed as what he thought but he's learned a lot of lessons and he's hopeful of being able to push forward uh in the next year or two yep he's on the grass of course over in uh, superton uh, tonight i think about 11 p.m so we'll get a look at alexi on the grass while she always great to get your insights uh, enjoy week two uh gonna be some great storylines unfolding uh, winning a major uh well there's four uh, opportunities in any year, and this is what you play tennis for. So we'll see how it looks down the business uh, stretch of this tournament. Uh, thanks for joining us. Absolute pleasure, and uh, you know I'll look forward to uh, to being in touch again in uh, yeah, the next few weeks. Good man, Courtney Walsh, uh, writing a lot of great material from uh, Paris. Uh, also jumping on uh, Roland Garros radio, if you don't mind, over there. I'll have to tune in a little bit uh, later on. It's certainly getting away from Camilla Georgie now, six two uh, four one. So it looks like Daria Kesekina. Uh, is going to get through to the quarterfinals. So while she's here, thanks to AATC, Australasian Academy of Tennis Coaches, providing quality coach education across the globe. Courses delivered by industry leaders and tennis business owners. So you can learn locally, coach globally, internationally endorsed. Uh, inquire and enrol at aatc.tennis. Back with more of the first serve. Install a 6.6 kilowatt solar system plus battery from just $25 a week at B Solar. Visit B.Solar and GLG Green Life Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Always here on a Monday night. Uh, great to have your company. Uh, Matt on the text. And I'll just answer this one, uh, Matt. Why do we have a tennis show on SEN? I find tennis a snooze fest. Well, I suppose, Matt, I say, why do we have a horse racing show? Why do we have a motorsport show? Why do we have a, a football soccer show? What other sports do we cover with uh, specified shows here on SEN? Uh, at last check, uh, I think the uh, Sports Entertainment Network is a 24-hour sports radio network. So 
there's the opportunity to cover a whole range of sports. But I do appreciate that maybe not everyone is into tennis, but if you're not, you can you know, just uh, switch off for an hour every week. And if you're only into footy, that's fine. There's plenty of footy talk on uh, SCN. I love my footy as much as anyone. So, yeah, we have a tennis show because it's a mainstream sport. We cover tennis, golf. I mean, that's what we are. We're a sports radio network. It's a pretty simple answer to that one, but I take no offence. That's okay. Now, uh, let's uh, take a look at uh, the matches uh, coming up over the next uh, few hours. The one I'm really looking forward to is Sitsipas and uh, Holger Rune. So all the media's been with Carlos Alcaraz. He's only a few days older or younger. I'm just trying to think with Holger. He's got no media. He's just gone through this draw uh, low profile. He's been building, former world number one junior, won his first title on the clay in Munich uh, back a few weeks ago. He's almost now, I think, inside the top 30 in the live rankings at 31 last check. I think there's an upset potentially brewing uh, against Tsitsipas. So we're going to get a look at that in the next uh, few hours. Uh, Iga Sviontek, uh, who's going to stop Iga? Her numbers are just quite extraordinary. Certainly pushed by uh, Kovinic. A couple of tightest sets on the weekend. Probably the sort of match that Iga uh, certainly needed. But I think turning the page into the second week, she'll see the finishing line as the only seed left in the top 10. But as I mentioned to Walshy uh, about Djokovic and the Dahl and a decision over the next few hours as to when that match will be scheduled, we might have a listen to uh, Novak Djokovic, who was asked about the scheduling and then going on to talk about uh, playing in the Dahl again. Those requests are not always accepted. So tournament director along with TV broadcasters, are basically, I, I think in the end of the day that... <laughs> That's who decides, you know, TV, whether they want your match day or night. So you just have to adjust to that. And obviously, depending on who you play, sometimes it's favorable to play night, sometimes day. So it's, yeah, it's really, um, there's no standard. There's no formula that that works always, so to say. Even though I historically played um, very well and won a lot of matches uh, under the lights on, on different slams, um, particularly in, in Australia. In a similar theme, I just wondered how you felt about being scheduled on Longland today, obviously the second time this tournament, and it can be a bit more wild over there than on Chatrier sometimes. I mean, I, I was okay playing during the day. Honestly, today I would rather play day than, than playing 9pm. Conditions are different today. It's colder, uh, slower uh, at night, probably even slower and even lower bounce, which would be probably favorable more to uh, my opponent. So I, I was I was okay. Nadal, obviously, well-anticipated match. Uh, I think when the draw came out for a lot of people, I'm glad that I, you know, didn't spend too much time on the court uh, myself up to quarterfinals, uh, knowing that you know playing him um, in Roland Garros is is always a physical battle along with everything else that happens and it's a huge challenge and probably the biggest one that you can have here in Roland Garros so I, I'm ready for it I'm, I like the way I've been feeling the way I've been hitting the ball I'll focus on what I need to do and I like my chances the thoughts of uh, the world number one Novak Djokovic we'll hear from Rafael Nadal shortly but uh, he's only taken uh, what 27 minutes uh, this week uh, a little slow out of the blocks uh, Harry from Belmore welcome H Hello, Brett. I am watching Kazatinka and Giorgio. It's nearly all over. Yeah, give us your analysis. How have you seen it, uh, Harry? Oh, very good. But listen, you uh, mentioned Mark Woodford. Uh, in the uh, Aussie Open, uh, Mark Philippoussis beat Sampras in the first round. 
and Mark beat uh, uh, Mark Woodford beat Philippoussis in the second round. Mm. He was very good. Then the uh, following year, Mark had to play Sampras in the first round yep. and hardly won a point. He went to the crowd egging them on when he won a point. <laughs> He's coming up soon, uh, Mark. Uh, who's going to win the tournament, Harry, on the men's and the women's? Give me a couple Novak. of tips. Novak. Novak. Yeah. What about the women's? He's, oh, I don't know about the women. I uh, haven't seen much of them, yep. Brett. Yeah, that's okay. But, uh, hey, Harry, uh, Harry, can yes? I ask you, ask you a question? Now, you're up there in Belmore. What's your, what's your – I don't mean to invade, Harry, a little personal question, but what's your, what's your living arrangements up there in Belmore? You're a solo man? Are you married? No. No. Well, I can't tell you about my women because I've shacked up three times. I love them and leave them, mate. (laughs) When you get sick of them. I was living with one at Camden. Right. And we had a blue and I was keeping a unit here in Lakemba. And I uh, just packed my bags and caught a taxi. Back, and the taxis there was $100. Like a bolt of lightning, you're out of there. Out of there, Harry. Yeah, but I, uh, I, we had a news agency in Kingsgrove, and when that sold out, mm. I moved to Punchbowl. Right. And then after Punchbowl, Arncliffe. Okay. And uh, well, near the airport. Fantastic. Uh, nice to well, – we could do it. This is your life, uh, one edition, uh, Harry. Maybe I'll bring the show up to Belmore one week and we can uh, pick apart your life, your thoughts on tennis, because I love having you on the show every week. You're a character. You take us down memory lane. You relive moments. And I've just found out that, um, geez, three. You've bitten the dust three times. That's unbelievable. We, we, had, had to, we had to play sport and work at the yep. same time. Beautiful. I worked for Hudded Parker, the big shipping company. Okay. I had to order all the food in for the Wonganella and West Australia. And the chief steward and I, we had to work out how much each meal cost. Right. For Unbelievable. The uh, Unbelievable. Head office in Melbourne. Yep. They were in Collins Street. Mm. They wanted that. I thought it was a waste of time. Yeah. But still, head office. When they finished, they gave me 12 months' wages yeah. and only my share of the super. Harry, I'll tell you what, we, can we just, we might need to come back for part two because we mightn't get any other tennis content in. But I, I'm, I'm genuinely interested. I, I love our listeners out there. They come from far and wide all over Australia. But hey, have a great night. To be continued. Thank you, Brett. Thanks very much for listening to me. Thank you, Harry. Uh, Harry from Belmore loves tennis. Um, Michael says, Harry, legend. Can listen to him for hours off the uh, Tennis Direct text. Uh, Daria Kasekina is through, 2-2 two and two over Camilla Georgie. No one walks off the court quicker in tennis than Camilla Georgie. Um, I tried to get her for an interview at the Sydney International about three or four years ago when she actually won, and she had to be brought back by the uh, director on court, and she said to me, uh, just one question. I asked her for. <laughs> she doesn't like talking to the media. Can't stand the media. Uh, one man is very good with the media. I don't know how many media conferences he's done, Rafael Nadal. It's got to be a lot. Speaking to after every match he plays, he's played a lot. But let's um, listen to Rafa after his five-set epic against Felix Auger-Aliassime and now looking ahead to a 59th meeting with uh, Novak Djokovic.
Well, I, I don't know 100% because I, I don't have a close test against him because my last match against him was, I think, last year here. I didn't play this kind of matches for the last three months. It's going to be a, a big challenge for me, of course. He already won, I think, the last nine matches in a row, winning in Rome and now winning here in a straight sets every match. Probably he will be confident. I know how is my situation and I accept it. Well, I'm going to fight for it. No, no, that's it. I can't complain much. I am in quarterfinals of Roland Garros two weeks and a half ago, even if I was, I had uh, a good hopes after the positive hopes after Rome. I even don't know if I will be able to, to be here. So just enjoying the fact that I am here for one more year. Being honest, every match that I play here, I don't know if it's going to be my last match here in, in Roland Garros in my tennis career. No? That's my, my situation now. Uh, of course, I went through a tough process again with my foot. So I don't know what, what can happen in the in the near future with, with my career, but uh, that's why I'm just trying to, to enjoy as much as possible and fight as much as I can to, to keep living the dream, that is keep playing tennis and be back in a very advanced round of Roland Garros, playing against the world number one. Let's see. I hope to, to be able to, to give myself a chance to, to play at the highest level possible, and then let's see. That's what we can hope as uh, fans who love this rivalry. We hope these two are as cherry ripe as it gets. And they're another year older, uh, 35 uh, Novak, soon to turn 36 Rafael Nadal, 30-28 to 28, the head-to-head for Djokovic. Looks a little bit better on paper uh, from Nadal, certainly in Paris. Now, I wanted to mention just away from Paris as we cover all spectrums of uh, the tennis world on our show. Uh, a couple of wins by two Aussies over the weekend on the ITF Tour. Akira Santaland was a, a wild card. If anyone knows about the Santaland story, he's played under the Australian banner. He's played under the Japanese banner with his uh, uh, family heritage. He got to 144 in the world. I remember I first saw him at Melbourne Park at the wild card playoff. We're going back some time now. And he had a beautiful single-handed uh, backhand. And you thought, this kid's got a lot of talent. So he got to 144 and then just lost his way. But over the weekend, he won his uh, first uh, tour title since 2017. So he's won seven at ITF level, one at ATP Challenger level. He won the 25K in Tunisia. He's won his uh, last, well, 11 of his last 13 matches. So he's back up 107 spots to 389 live. I really hope he can get on a roll. He's a good talent. And on our social media account last night, we um, got a word from uh, the laid-back Akira Santalan. Aki, congrats on the win. Um, do you want to tell us a bit about your match today? Uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, it was a tough match at the start, but I uh, got a little lucky throughout the match and then caught fire with my forehands and, yeah, ended the way I wanted to end. Good stuff. What does this title mean for you? It means a lot, actually. It's my first uh, pro title in about five years. So it's been a long grind, but yeah, I was really, really happy to take this home with me. Good stuff. Good luck for the rest of the year. Thanks. Just kicking back in uh, Tunisia. It's, uh, there's a lot of tournaments in that part of the world, as there are in uh, Turkey and other parts where basically players can lob for a good sort of 10 to 12 weeks and play the 15Ks or the 25Ks, uh, resort-style accommodation there. So keen to track it, Kira Sanderland. Priscilla Hon won the ITF 25K in Israel. She defeated the former, almost forgotten about, former world number 12. That was back in 2010. Yanina Vickmeyer, who's um, uh, given birth the last couple of years. Her ranking had certainly slipped. Made a semi-final of the US Open back in 2009. But Priscilla... 
6163. We know she's been as high as 118, had some bad injuries the last couple of years. She's back now inside the top 200 and uh, just gave us a little brief account of her win. I'm really happy with my win this week in Israel. I've had a really great week here, Um, loved the city, and hopefully I can keep building from here. Thank you very much, uh, Priscilla. Short and succinct. Uh, Louis is uh, on the line in Burwood. He wants to talk a bit of uh, Rafa and also Novak. Looks like he's just dropped out. We'll see if we can get him back. Louis, give us a call. one three hundred seven three six seven three six or on the text 0433981116. We might slip in a break. Mark Woodford is going to join us uh, very soon from Roland Garros. And as I mentioned, we'll head up to Alice Springs out of uh, 9 o'clock, extended edition through to 9.30 tonight and uh, catch up with head coach uh, Grant O'Callaghan. All thanks to Hume Tennis and Community Centre. It's a mini Melbourne park in Melbourne's north. It's got tennis for everyone. Uh, perfect also for coaches and players. If you're coming from interstate to train and compete, close to Melbourne Airport, accommodation available. You can find out more at humetennis.com.au. We might squeeze in the break. We'll come back to Louis. Mark Woodford next. Let the sun pay for your electricity with a 6.6 kilowatt solar system from B Solar. Visit B.Solar and GLG Greenlife Group. Leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Welcome back. Great to have your company on this Monday night, week two of uh, Roland Garros. The sun is out in uh, Paris. Some great action uh, to come. Daria Kasekina threw comfortably in straight sets over Camilla Georgie, 6262. So she's into the quarters. Madison Keys. Another big ball striker on the tour has made a lightning start up against uh, Veronica Kudamatova. Six games to one in the opening set. Uh, Rune and Sitsipas not too far away. Kasper Rude and Hubert Hercatch uh, just about to start on uh, court. Suzanne Longlin. Uh, Louis in Burwood has been good enough to give us a call. Louis, great to have you on the show. How you going, Brett? Very well, thank you. What do you got for us? Oh, mate. I think I think this is the the uh, match of the year, mate. Nadal and Djokovic in the quarters should be actually a final, but yeah, yeah. Well, because of the where Rafa's uh, ranked, obviously it's it's come a little earlier than probably we all would have liked. But I, I don't mind it so much because it also gives an opportunity for some others to make their mark. And if we look at that other side of the draw, you know, there's Medvedev and, and uh, Sitsipas, Kasparud, Hercatch. Um, it gives a chance for that other side of the draw to make a Grand Slam final. And then there's Alcaraz is doing incredible things. I mean, the level he's playing at is just mind-blowing. And no doubt he could beat either Djokovic or Nadal if he gets past Zverev. But this is a big game for Zverev as well. He needs to stand up and lift Louis, but... Yeah, have you got have you got a Djokovic Nadal match, Louis, that stands out in your mind? Oh, undoubtedly, Brett, mate. The um, the old Australian Open. When was it? Two thousand and fifteen. You're talking or... about the nearly six hour affair. That was yeah. uh, about two thousand and twelve. I think that was. Was it five hours fifty three? I think it was on the clock. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's right, that's right, Brett. Last yeah. man standing, last man standing. Um, good on you, Louis. Um, Appreciate the, the call. Old two, the old two war horses, mate. Yeah. Indeed, the war horses. Thank you, Louis. Um, thank you very much uh, for your contribution on the first serve uh, tonight. Um, you said a little weary, uh, Louis. You might have had some late nights 
uh, taking in uh, the tennis, as we all are. I mean, I'm living on a pure adrenaline. Uh, let me tell you, uh, across uh, this fortnight, it is pure adrenaline. Mark Woodford coming up in just a tick. We are going to talk to Mark. And as I said, we'll go to Alice Springs just after uh, nine o'clock and uh, touch him with the Red Centre uh, around, um, of course, a great time in AFL, you know, celebrating Sir Doug Nichols Rand and Indigenous uh, culture. But one of Australia's finest uh, tennis players, what a, a legend. Uh, one half of the Woody, he's done some extraordinary things across his career, a great singles career as well. And uh, terrific commentator on the ITF board, wearing many hats. Uh, it was great to catch up with Mark and Indian Wells going back, uh, what, a couple of months ago now. And he was in my ear last night as I sat on the desk at nine watching uh, Nadal and Felix go head to head in that five set. A great commentary with Pete Hodges. And Mark Woodford's been good enough to join us from Paris. Mark, uh, great to have you on the show. Uh, good to hear from you, Brett. Uh, nice, to, nice to be here all the way from Paris. Indeed, uh, you, you've you've had some big matches, haven't you? You've drawn uh, you've drawn a few five setters, uh, a few grueling campaigns in the commentary box. Yeah, it certainly have. The first week here, usually for uh, the world feed, is uh, jam packed with plenty of matches, and uh, as quite often it turns out, um, you, you know, five set encounters there have been uh, some uh, amazing level of tournament. But it, heck, it's just nice to be here at Roland Garros with a full crowd again. Yeah, indeed. There is something about the Parisian crowd, isn't there, Mark? I mean, each Grand Slam has got uh, that distinct uh, difference in atmosphere and you can feel that as soon as you walk through the gates and you sit in the stands at either of the four Grand Slams. But the, how would you describe the, uh, the the Parisian crowd that come along? Yeah, it is unique. You, you, you're so right. I know that you've been here uh, many times over, over the last few years, but, you know, that's what has, you know, been... Uh, missing uh, just the the crowd uh, involvement the presence obviously through the COVID years they've had restricted crowds um, but also they haven't had a whole lot of French um, contingent on the the men's side or the women's side to really cheer about and and that's what you know they're just so passionate um, uh, the fans uh, the French fans and in particular here in Paris they love their tennis players. They're revered. Um, and it, it, that's what I've noticed the major difference this year, yep. um, that the, the crowd being back there, uh, you know, here at near capacity. Last night's crowd um, for the match was uh, quite amazing, even though Alcarez uh, blitzed his opponent in, in three straight sets. But they just, they love their tennis. And uh, they've had to say farewell to a couple of, Male players, uh, Joe Songer and Gilles Simon, um, ha- had announced that this would be their last role in Garros. And boy, did um, the, the French come out and support them. But they it's the way that they get involved at the end of these points that just lift um, everyone else to their feet. They yeah. love doing the Mexican way that goes around. Um, yeah. They're not shy about that. But boy, when the, the they haven't had to use the roof here too many times, but when the roof has been closed and the French have been uh, um, very supportive, it, it, it almost lifts the Chatrier roof off a couple of feet. No, I'm hearing you. I mean, and then, and the and the thing is, Mark, it's interesting with fans, isn't it? We'll never maybe get to the bottom of this. is This is right around the world. 
um, why fans boo at certain times. We sort of sit there and go, what, what, what would they be booing? I mean, sometimes, you know, champions get booed, which is just, you know, ridiculous in my mind. So there's, there's a little bit of that at times, but that's not Paris alone. That's around the world um, in, in sport, isn't it? That uh, people, uh, they barrack in an interesting way that sometimes you sort of scratch your head. Yes, they, 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 are, they are unique to the line calls. I mean, this is, I, I think, what stands out to the uniqueness of uh, Roland Garros is because it's at the clay court. And so when there is a close line call, yeah. um, the players are, are quite often going up and they're circling a mark. Now, you will have some players that might not necessarily circle the correct mark. And I, I would think even the, the uh, fan that maybe is in the top row um, that is far away from the court. They have the best set of eyes because uh, that's when the <laughs> whistles start to occur and, yeah, the, and the booing. Yeah, but yeah. It, it is just part of the, the magical side of Roland Garros. No doubt. We turn the page into the second week. Uh, we get another instalment of Djokovic and Nadal. I had Courtney Walsh on a little earlier, just giving us, I suppose, his take. And you're, you called them the Dale match. You watched Djokovic uh, closely. What sort of match mark do you think we're going to get? And being a little closer, being around TV, I don't know if you've got any intel. I'm not asking you to reveal or go somewhere where you shouldn't. But obviously the scheduling decision is a fascinating one that is going to come out what over the next few hours as to when that match is going to be played. Yeah, there was a lot of speculation yesterday um, as to you know how the players, Djokovic was, he was out to the number one uh, ranked player in the world. He was out on Long Glen. That was the second consecutive match uh, that he played out there. Uh, Rafa chose to play during the day um, yesterday. Um, he has made, he's been quite um, open, um, d- d- just making statements that he obviously prefers to play during the day because it's much warmer. It's, it's been a relatively cold, cool Roland Garros this year. Um, and in the evening sessions in particular, the court has played quite heavy. Now, that's not the prime conditions for Rafa to be playing in. And uh, so what was floating around yesterday was that, um, you know, possibly um, this was a bit of a trade-off um, that, mm. that uh, Novak um, elected to play Schwartzman over on Long Glen um, and Rafa to play during the day yesterday so that um, Djokovic maybe um, his preference is to play against Rafa uh, on Tuesday evening here yep. um, in the late match, which, you know, might be more suitable for him. Um, but, of course, the, the French Federation, they'll have their input as well because they want to, um, you, you know, have that that particular match, which is the bumper match. So, for, I mean, this is what everyone's been waiting for since the draw came out. So, um, I look, and, and you put that aside, you know, the, the way that the players have been going about uh, their tennis in the first week, I, I, I do believe Djokovic has been more polished. Install a 6.6 kilowatt solar system plus battery from just $25 a week at B Solar. Visit B.Solar and GLG Greenlife Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Welcome back to the show. A little extra half hour during the Grand Slam. So we're through till uh, 9.30. Uh, apologies uh, for those um, just inquiring on the SMS about uh, yeah, cutting off uh, Mark Woodford there. Totally out of my control. So I'm not sure what has uh, transpired. But we'll get Mark uh, uh, back on the show, no doubt, over the next uh, few weeks. Always a man we can go to it. Anytime. Uh, love his commentary with us uh, during the Australian Open one half of the Woodies. I'm lucky to do some work with Mark and with Todd. Um, 
two uh, terrific fellows who achieved uh, great success, obviously, uh, during uh, their careers. So just a reminder, too, outside of our Monday night show, all the great uh, podcast content you can listen to at the first serve. Aussies only, Nathan Healy uh, coming up this week, who... Uh, played, coached uh, Leighton Hewitt at the back part of his career, has been coaching Max Purcell recently, crunching the numbers, uh, play USA, another addition if you're looking at or keen on knowing how the Aussies are going in uh, college tennis over in the States. Uh, what are you doing here with Rowan Williams, who's caught up with Brad Stein, more of that to come, and uh, the grind as well. We'll have another addition as we uh, chat to the head of the ATP Challenger Tour over the next uh, week or two. So you can subscribe to the First Serve via your preferred podcast platform or head to the podcast section at thefirstserve.com.au. We've been to Paris uh, tonight and I wanted to head up to the heart of Australia because um, tennis obviously is played right across this uh, great country. And you know, doing the footy also here at SEN, I think like all the commentators, we love being part of Sir Doug Nichols' round, which is stretched over a couple of weeks, uh, celebrating the great Indigenous uh, culture and Alice Springs is a place that's close to my heart. Did a lot of correspondence radio to a couple of great stations in Alice. Many trips up to Alice to call the footy from pre-season games to the season proper. And Traeger Park, which is one of the most spectacular grounds, is right next door to the Alice Springs Tennis Centre. Uh, Ten hardcourts, floodlit, and uh, there's a big community who certainly love their tennis. And it's great to welcome to the show tonight um, Grant O'Callaghan, who's the uh, head tennis operator, head coach, uh, Grant said, a long time in the game, uh, coaching from Victoria, who answered the call to go up to the Red Centre. Grant, it's great to have you on the show. Yeah, g'day, Brett. How are you going, mate? Going uh, going very well. Uh, you, you at the club as we speak, or you've ducked home? Uh, yes, yes. We've just finished um, a fast four night here tonight. Um, six courts, adults playing on all six, a bit of, hopefully that's still, which is still going well, so... 24 people playing tennis on a Monday night, which is good. So, and it's, uh, I think it's about 15 or 16 degrees still up here, mate. So it's still quite warm. Yes, yeah, always, always a, a nice part of the Red Centre. It can be uh, quite mild compared to what I think the coldest day we've had here in uh, Melbourne uh, this year. Grant, you've had so much coaching experience. We touched base uh, last year and have kept some contact. And um, this has been a very different uh, voyage for you, hasn't it? To go up to the heart of Australia and and experience uh, the tennis landscape. Take us inside what tennis is like in the middle of Australia. Oh well, it's uh, look, it's uh, it's not bad. Um, there's a there's a lot of kids up here that enjoy the game. Um, obviously, there's a lot of sports that are still available up here in Alice Springs. But we, we tend to to still be full nearly seven days a week with with kids and adults playing and. And you know, and we are starting to get some a uh, lot, lot of multicultural area. It's not just indigenous up here, but a lot of you know um, uh, African and, and, and into you know, I suppose you know, multicultural kids yep. that are, yep. love to play the game. So yeah, it's a it's a very diverse sort of uh, atmosphere up here, you know. And look, obviously, I'd never been to Alice Springs before. I touched base here last year, so. Um, yeah, it was definitely a, 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 a different kettle of fish for me, you know, obviously spending 20 years working in Melbourne. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, what lured you to, to go there? What was the, the catalyst? Oh, look, obviously, I uh, last year, I, look, I just had enough of COVID, mate, and I took a took a punt to go and to Perth to start with, obviously. And, um, look, Perth just didn't work out the way it was, and I was... Um, this was just an opportunity to try and be a manager operator. Um, 
and, and just take that other side of the tennis coaching game by a chance and, and give it a go. So, but um, and look, probably the weather's been the greatest thing here. Um, no, no, no washouts. We may get rain here on Wednesday, but yep. I, I think I've had one washout last year. So uh, that's uh, probably a, something we'll never see in Melbourne for a long time. So yeah, yeah, blessed in that regard. And what about opportunities for the kids, Grant, to you know to travel to play in other states of Australia? Take us through what what, what are the opportunities that are, are available to some you know kids there who have got you know showing showing some genuine promise. Well, I suppose it's the hard thing. Brett, is that there's it's a financial thing to to travel and there's there's not um, there's not necessarily a lot of opportunities because just financially people can't afford to go. Um, the the airfares and the accommodation by the time that adds up, they're they're just not going. I mean, we we struggle to get kids to want to go to Darwin and play. So um, it, there's definitely kids that might want to go, but it's just it's just a financial thing, unfortunately, in the end. So yeah. yep. And, and, but, um, and when you're putting your coaching hat on, what I mean, just I mean, we talked about a lot on this show about the standard of coaching across Australia. I think we certainly did a fair bit on it at the end of last year. There's been a coach review from TA, and you know, I get lots of correspondence in. Either you're teaching at that real beginner level, where you're getting a lot of kids through the door, or you're sort of teaching at that you know performance level for those that might want to go on and possibly I, pursue I, a career. I'm I'm probably getting a lot of kids, just beginner kids, through the door. You know, I mean, I uh, we don't necessarily have uh, kids that go on here. I mean, 15 is about the the oldest we've got, and then we don't see them again. So it's it's hard. It's it's. I think that's the hardest thing in in the tennis coaching game is how to keep those older kids playing, and even the better ones. I, I mean, I, I don't think I've seen. I mean that many good players up here. They're good kids, yep. but they, they, don't, they don't train. You, you can't get them to train, and and that's probably the frustrating thing as a coach, you know. So, yeah, if we could get them to want to play a bit more, then the enthusiasm would be to take kids away. So it, it's that's the main the main problem. And what about the relationship with Tennis NT, the, the governing body up there, and, and the role they play uh, look, in trying to foster the game? They've been good in bits, I will say. You know, um, it's. I suppose it's. A, that's the hard thing. Being so far away, we we are a club. You know, probably two and a half hours the other way of being South Australian tennis. So um, they've been good. They've been good, and we we probably need a little bit more support from them. But um, yeah, it's it's a hard one. I just think that it's it's across the board. That they they're trying, but there's not. I, I think they have the same problem with personnel themselves. Maybe there's not enough people working for them at, at Tennis NT. You know, they don't have enough people working in their department to sort of make things better. Grant, I know you're a listener to this show. Uh, UTR's obviously been a, a huge discussion. Does it impact you much in in the Allison? What, what's your overall um, observation since it's been rolled out? Uh, January one because obviously it's um, it's gaining a lot of commentary um, from what I you know certainly get uh, to my email inbox um, it's been a lot of negative feedback I'm about to actually uh, have a little discussion on the UTR side of things but what have you made of it? Oh well um, I think to me I mean look we had two tournaments here that we we I ran for the first time last year and yep. obviously with COVID being still a little bit around everywhere. 
we, we got a couple of interstate guys from Queensland, but that, that was it, you know, and we got no kids from Darwin. I think it's uh, to get for us kids here, it's a, you know, there's no financial incentive, you know, uh, f- from, from their perspective to come here and play when the same tournament could be advertised in, in their area as well. So it's, um, you know, we had a bronze and a silver, but, you know, we were lucky to get, oh, you know, 40 people for our tournament. Yep. yep. So when you're, when you're only getting those numbers, you're asking yourself, well, how can that keep going? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So we're, we're trying, we're trying, don't get me wrong, we are trying, but um, with our support from around us to get people to come here, then, and at the same time, we're competing with states that have got the same tournaments on. So when that's happening, we're going to lose. They're going to go to that one. It's closer. It's cheaper. Yep. Um, you know, so, hey, well, the UTR system, well, to me, look, I'm just a, I'm just an added observer of looking at tournaments. And obviously, you know, from that perspective, when I sent you that picture today and, um, and look, it's, it's, I don't think it's for tournaments. UTR should not be used as a rating system for tennis tournaments because not everybody wants it. You know, do, do we ask everybody? I mean, look, I've got a UTR doubles rating and I wasn't asked whether I wanted to mm. be using UTR. Yeah. So I think, you know, I, I think that's from the perspective of the person that if, you know, the, I think Lawrence said the other day, you know, we had 6,000 people that were, had Australian rankings and now we've got 80,000 UTRs. So I said, did you ask those other 74,000 whether they wanted a UTR rating? So I think we're taking this the wrong way and we should just be going if people want an Australian ranking we'll let them have an Australian ranking if people want a, a rating well we already have a, a rating system in place you know especially in Victoria and and I know in WA they have a rating system as well because I played pennant over there so yep yep yeah it's I, th- I think you have to separate it you know if, if you separate it and choose one for one and one for the other then everybody would be happy I mean I mean, if, if we want to look at it at the moment, why, you know, we're implementing it, but has the, has ATP and WTA implemented it yet? No. No. They're well, still using their rankings. They're still and, using their rankings. Yeah, exactly. And there's the world tennis number that's uh, coming out, which the ITF are implementing. So, yeah, it's a fascinating space. I'm going to read out some correspondence shortly. Hey, just great to get some yeah. insights. Let's... Uh, Let's chat again. There's certainly, uh, you know, challenges being where you are uh, geographically. Um, great to go and have another <laughs> coaching experience. Uh, you've had a long history in the game, and I think we'd, we'd love one day if uh, if Alice, who have produced, you know, some great sports people, uh, particularly in uh, AFL footy, uh, if they could produce a tennis player. It'd be absolutely brilliant. But the most important thing was we know, Grant, Tennis is sport for life, and if kids can keep that racket oh, in their absolutely. hand a little longer and make it their vocation, um, just as good. Yeah, I mean, I still play today, mate, and I love it, you know. So I coach, but I still play. So I see it as a a long-life sport. So, yeah. Good man. Hey, great to chat. All right, cheers, mate. Great. O'Callaghan joining us live from Alice Springs. Uh, Give us a little perspective in the Red Centre, head coach, tennis operator, and, of course, uh, Grant is uh, with us thanks to Yonex, 76 years of performance product crafted in Japan. Check out their latest range at yonex.com. We'll take a break, come back and discuss some UTR. Let the sun pay for your electricity with a 6.6 kilowatt solar system from B Solar. Visit B.Solar and GLG Greenlife Group. Leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The first serve. 
your home of tennis. Quick update from Roland Garros. Kasparud, four games to two against Hubert Hirkatch, looking for a spot in the quarterfinals. So we know Daria Kasakina is through the first women's match today. The other women's match are live at the moment. Looks like it's heading for a third set. Madison Keys took the first, uh, 6-1 over Veronica Kudamatova, who's striking back Five games to three in the second. Just had a set point, which uh, Keys has nullified. So we'll keep an eye on that and some great matches to come. UTR, it's been a topic of hot discussion on this show for a number of weeks. There's a lot of uh, people with opinions uh, all over Australia. Now, you'll notice if you're listening to the show last week, there were some questions uh, sent in. There's been some others sent in by correspondents. I forwarded those to Tennis Australia for a response. So just to put some context around it, uh, Brett... Got a question. This was um, in last week for Tennis Australia. Next time you get in contact, just wondering when they'll be able to fix many people's uh, profiles online. I know many people like myself who have duplicate profiles or merge results that are incorrect. If they aren't willing to fix these problems as soon as possible, then the whole system simply falls apart. For example, my first round of Grade 1 pennant in Victoria, I played a person with two profiles. One, that was a UTR of 10.5, the other 11.5, and both have results from the previous two years. Of course, my result was put against the lower accounts. So just the response I got back from Tennis Australia on that one. There are currently a large number of players with multiple profiles and a user-friendly process to merge duplicate profiles is um, work uh, is in work and is being designed. Uh, this will prevent the use of multiple profiles being created in the future and also identify individuals by assigning players with a single tennis ID, which links directly to a player's UTR. This important work is nearing completion and once in place, players will be able to merge any duplicate profiles and link their tennis ID and UTR. The end result will ensure a more streamlined and also an accurate process for identifying individual players and their rating whilst providing event and competition organisers with improved tournament uh, management capabilities. So that answers that one. Uh, There's another question that came in. Uh, Brett, in regard to UTR, when entering some UTR tournaments, players' names or UTR is not listed. If you need your child to play a certain player of certain level, you might draw a player with a much lower UTR. How do you know whether to enter your child in that UTR? So just talking about UTR visibility, uh, Tennis Australia's response was, it's important to make the process for entering events as straightforward as possible and work is being done to ensure a better experience for everyone involved. Our work is also being done with Premier and Signature Event hosts to ensure they communicate the necessary UTR and event information in a more timely manner. Now, I only read out a small section of uh, Kirsten's uh, email that she sent in last week, which was four pages. It was comprehensive. I forwarded all of that uh, across to uh, Tennis Australia. Uh, Members of our team did speak with um, Kirsten while they were in the ACT for the Nationals, and we've also written to her directly, responding to many of the points raised in her detailed note. There are a few small cases where... Anomalies in the rating may show up when comparing small data sizes, example two or three matches, and therefore at times uh, there may be some adjustments both up and down to players' ratings if they have a period where they don't play. All players in Australia registered to TA can obtain their UTR at no charge. All affiliated clubs, venues and operators have access to tournament and competition software at no charge to run tournaments, leagues and competitions which capture players' results for the purposes of providing a rating. Ultimately, the choice to purchase uh, UT products or UTR products or platforms rests with the player or the club. 
More information and education on UTR will be rolled out over the coming months. We are working with many groups throughout the tennis community and are seeking feedback to ensure we have the best competitive offerings for individually individual playing groups. In addition, uh, TA have also gone on to say the competitive play framework was developed to support two streams of players that were identified during the competitive play review, the aspiring tennis player working to compete against the best in the world and the competitive player who enjoys competing at club and association level. Although there's still a number of challenges to overcome, there are also many supportive of the new framework and how it is working successfully in their tennis communities. So that feedback has come back from TA. I continue to ask you for your feedback. You can always do it on this show every week by uh, calling us, by texting us. If you prefer to send me a more detailed email, the first serve sen at gmail.com. As I've uh, stated for a number of weeks, we'll keep on this topic. It's important. Uh, universal tennis rating being rolled out by TA as a rating and a ranking. It is unique. Uh, we've got the ITF rolling out the world tennis number. It's not been received, UTR, really in the US in terms of the USTA embracing it. So there's a lot of feedback, a lot of commentary around it. Now, I gleaned from that email that um, the TA you know, certainly know there's a lot of things that need to be tidied up with it. What it's going to look like long term, we'll have to wait and see. But your voice is strong on this out there, and it can be strong, and it can be via uh, this program through our link to Tennis Australia to get both uh, sides and to put all this on the agenda because it is important to the growth of Australian tennis. Where are the next future Australian stars going to come from? Those who are you know, going to go on and possibly have a career or just to provide an easier pathway to actually stay in the sport and enjoy it from a, a domestic uh, point of view. So uh, it's been rolled out on the back of a performance review, but obviously there's some teething problems uh, with it. I mean, there is some genuine anger out there. I mean, there's people who are just black and white that it should be scrapped. Others who think there's a good part of it uh, down in the real junior ranks, but it shouldn't be applied to um, you know the, the competitive playing tournament structure, as Grando Callaghan uh, just alluded to. So. Happy to continue to receive uh, your feedback on that. The first serve, sen at gmail.com. If you want to uh, certainly send me th- anything through uh, during the week that can add uh, to that uh, particular uh, conversation. Uh, always great to have Asti Tennis Courts on board. They are uh, Melbourne's leading tennis court uh, provider, of course. aste.com.au is where you uh, need to head. They're trusted by Melbourne tennis clubs and councils, so make sure you certainly uh, check them out. Kasparud, first set under his belt, six games to two. He's looking good, the uh, Norwegian. Not many people are talking about him really as a title contender, but uh, his body of work on clay the last uh, three years has been outstanding. Uh, winning a stack of titles, rising inside the top ten. He's just... A professional. I think Todd Woodbridge hit it on the head when he came on nine to start the coverage tonight about this generation of Rude, Elkarez, Rune, that generation before. And we've got to put, I'm going to give him a really, really brief mention here, Kyrgios, Tomic, maybe throwing a jack sock, throwing a few others, a little too cool for school. This next generation, they've just got their head down giving it everything. They can entertain at the same time through their pure skill out on the tennis court and they don't need to be the class clown, so to speak. 
So these guys are great to watch. If you love watching high-level sport, whether it's tennis, any other sport, we just appreciate the skill and the artistry and the competitiveness of uh, people willing themselves to be the best version. We love that. There's nothing wrong with that. And it's also entertainment. So we drew the short straw, but the rest of the world, I tell you what, there's some uh, fine, fine tennis talent that is going to be entertaining us for uh, a long time. So the other matches to come, Rublev and Sinner, love that one a little bit later on. That could certainly go uh, five sets. And Medvedev, I think, should be Chilich a little bit later on tonight. I would suggest uh, that one probably likely in straight sets in the night session. And we'll await to see the schedule uh, for Djokovic and Nadal. It'll come over the next uh, three to four hours. My strong hunch is I think they'll put that on at night. Um, which maybe won't please uh, Rafa, but does give Rafa a bit of extra recovery time, which he is going to need after the five-setter against Felix Auger-Aliassime. Uh, keep an eye on our website, thefirstserve.com.au, all our socials. If you want to track the Aussies every single day, because they are playing everywhere around the globe, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever tickles your fancy, keep an eye on our website and have yourself a great week in tennis. Hit them out of the middle. And just enjoy being part of the sport. We'll do it again next Monday. We'll wrap up the French Open and a whole lot more. Talk to you soon. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.